0: you're watching a little bit at a time. And today I have a special guest. It's Pascal, who is a three-time Grammy nominee. Um, He also is a cryptocurrency investor, a trader, a programmer, a stock investor, a private equity investor. And we're gonna jump into all that today. But before we get started, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and uh, give us a like as well if you like this video. And you can also check the description if you're looking for a Spotify link. So uh, let's jump right into it.
1: Uh we are pretty much hiding at home with air purifiers like full blown.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wait, was that because of the uh the baby reveal or was that something totally different?
1: Uh that's the 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 one called the Bobcat fire. So that's uh, in the Pasadena. Mm. And uh it's been the last two days were pretty extreme.
0: So oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, wow. And then you got to mix in COVID too. So it just makes everything. Yeah. So it's completely, like, yeah. Completely <laughs> weird. Yeah. Yeah. Things started opening up here. I, I live in Rochester, New York, so it's like five hours from the city. Okay. Um, and yeah, so everything started opening up again and now it's all just shutting down because everyone's getting oh, yeah. it now. So it's getting kind I of see. wild. I think yeah. even like socially, it's kind of weird because like if you're running on the street, everyone's scared now to even get near you. So it's like, yeah, yeah, a yeah, weird yeah. Now. Oh Yeah. But yeah, cool. So I appreciate you uh you know answering me really quick and you know jumping on this podcast. Uh yeah, yeah. this would be a good one. You have a lot of experience. Uh I tried not to look too much into like you know your bio and stuff because I think if I ask good questions, a lot of it's gonna come out. And if I find yeah. you know easy things to talk about, somebody could just easily look you up and find it. So Absolutely. um I think Perfectly you know this will be better. Um Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I guess my the the first thing we'll just jump you know right into it. Cool. I think the first thing you know I'm kind of wondering is how do you manage you know your time because it seems like you know you're living three people's lives you know being you know in the music industry, being an investor, being in crypto, you know making code. In and of itself, this is like you know somebody could spend ten years on each you know thing, you know and you know young people and me included, it's very hard to manage time. Uh, So I guess, yeah, like what, what are your tips or, you know, how do you find time to do everything that you're doing?
1: Yeah, it's very true. Um, We know that it's very easy to be distracted uh, nowadays and a lot of people struggle with distraction. I've never really had this problem because basically I focus on certain things in a very intense way for a certain amount of time so for example the first part of my life I gave my life to music <laughs> so that means at that time I was practicing my piano 10 hours a day I did that for a month, maybe a few years I studied then I studied music production arrangement that's all I was doing that's all but I did that for years so basically you can say I did my 10,000 hours and probably much more than that for music. Mm -hmm. And after actually spending 10, 15 years in music, I needed some new challenges, you know? Uh, so that's when I found a new passion for finance, just hanging on YouTube. And I, uh, randomly found some traders, and I looked into what they were doing and that really spoke to me. And I decided to go for it, but once again, in a very serious way. So you're right, at that time for six, seven years, I had two life at once. So uh, my day was looking like uh, the following. Waking up at 6 a.m., the market opens at 6.30, 6:30 uh, to 1 p.m. LA time. Uh, I was pretty much trading the markets, and at 2 p.m. I had music clients coming to my place, and we were working together till 7 p.m. And I was uh, doing that. I did that for a while till uh, I got burnt out big time. Mm-hmm. But that allowed me to get really, really, uh, to really, really know the trading world. I'm very happy I did it because then it helped me for tons of things. Uh, And I started coding because of the trading stuff, because I trained with some of the most serious people in New York for what is called like day trading, short-term trading. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a company called SMB Capital. They are very well known as uh, really one of the elite company to learn trading they train their people like high level athletes. Um, So they basically, they they train their traders to also become coders or at least to work with coders because they encourage their traders to become more bionic, not only to take human decisions, but to uh, once you have identified your edge, put that into a code so that you can free your time and be more efficient in the market and all that stuff. So that's how I started to code. So you're right, uh, at this point, I was doing a little bit less music. Uh, I was doing maybe more trading finance and also coding. And after this period, I really focused uh, for a few years, mostly on coding. So it's, it's pretty much reducing the time for music, reducing the time maybe for trading, investing and spending more time on focusing on that for a few years. And then I started to do a few like, you know, uh, tools, softwares for myself and also for other companies. I just delivered uh, a new web platform software for uh, Hyperloop Transportation Technologies, a company I'm involved with. Um, So it's actually more uh, focusing for a period of time to really become an expert on the subject and then Well, you can navigate, you know, if you do that, you can navigate different worlds and you just allocate the percentage of time depending on, you know, like what you want to do now. And that's that. But probably the biggest mistake that people do, and I see that all the time, is that constantly in their life, there's no time that they really focus on one thing for a few years to actually become a true expert of the thing. That's the difference. Then that's what I did basically.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you. And I think a lot of people have, you know, kind of that similar approach. I was just watching a Joe Rogan podcast with Mm -hmm. Travis uh, Barkley. Uh, And yeah, I mean, he basically said the same thing that, you know, you have to like grind at your, you know, passion, you have to give it 100%. Because if you have a plan B or something like that, you know, you're not really giving it your all. And, you know, that's kind of how people, you know, can fall through the cracks. And I see social media kind of being, you know, weighing some people down, I think you know yeah. if they're you know on social media or you know just oh, like sure. playing video games too much i think sometimes people kind of overestimate their free time and think yeah. well there's i don't have enough time to do it but then if you really cut things down they're spending you know 2 hours on twitter or they're you know playing call of yep. duty for 4 hours and then you know suddenly uh 24 hours seems a lot shorter um, yep you know in that
1: well, for sure what people don't realize and maybe more and more nowadays because It's very easy to get anything to find anything or like to be distracted by anything, you know, Uh, you you get access to anything through your computer. And if you really be want to become an expert on something what you actually have to study.
0: And, like and gratification is a killer because everyone yes. wants like that quick you know easy fix and that when you get hooked on that you're it's you know it it can be a spiraling effect i think
1: absolutely yeah. absolutely i talk about it all the time so you're completely right yeah mm-hmm. oh,
0: when you got into uh programming was python the first thing you did or what, did no i mostly
1: i know i started with javascript oh, okay. um and uh and i think it's it's a great way to start because you you can build so many things so quickly, interact with the web in a very, very easy way, build interactive experience, you can make, li- make them live on the website very easily. So um, I, I think it's, it's a great way. And I, I started by uh, researching on YouTube. And there's this guy, Daniel Schiffman, probably the best <laughs> teacher coder on YouTube. He's funny. He's a great teacher. Uh, it's easy to learn from him. Mm-hmm. So I, I started by following a lot of his work. And some of the, the interactive artificial intelligence demonstration on my website are actually built on top of some of the uh, lessons that he gave on YouTube. Uh, he's a great guy. I mean, anybody who wants to learn like JavaScript or st- stuff like that, he's a great person to at least follow and learn from.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah and I mean definitely like coding, I think is something that everyone's going to have to know in the future, and you really have to be you know adaptive and I think the way that the economy yep. is facing that everyone should be you know jumping in on it. I personally, when I first started, yep. I went with Python for a little bit, yeah uh, and I went on Khan Academy and just yep. kind of you yes. know learned through that way and then yep. when I got into JavaScript, it was more for like indie video games and i yep. there was a there's a YouTube series called uh, Tornado Twins, I think. Okay. Uh, on YouTube. And that's kind of, you know, where I started for it. Um, Great. but yeah, I think it, I think it's amazing because you can do a lot, especially with trading, you know, when it, when you can find coding to connect to something that you actually love, I think that's yes. what really sparks it for a lot of people. Yes. Um, so that's really awesome that you found kind of like coding and trading to kind of, you know, inner, you know, intermingle.
1: Um, actually, I have to say, uh, if I really go back, uh, when I really started coding, um, I was not easy language. It it, it was not JavaScript. It was easy language, which is a specific language used on trading platforms, platforms like TradeStation, Multicharts. Uh, So I actually really started by that. And the crazy story is this programming language got uh, invented, if you will, by two Cuban musicians. And it's crazy because... Cuban music has been a huge part of my life, and I was like, "That's it, full yeah. circle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's so wild how things just kind of fall into place and how everything is just connected. It's it's, it's crazy same thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I actually completely forgot about that, but this is how I started the coding, and uh, then it expanded when I discovered Daniel Schiffman, and I spent most of my time with JavaScript stuff. Yeah.
0: What kind of things were you you know, trading? Was it mostly like securities, commodities, crypto?
1: Mostly stocks because I started, which year did I start? I started six or seven years ago. So uh, uh, mostly stocks. I never really got involved with options or things like that. I could have, but once again, you know, when, when you train with very serious people, once again, they encourage you to focus on maybe one field, uh, you know, and not everything at once, mm-hmm. uh, and figure out what's, what you're comfortable with yourself. Right. And that's really, 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 really the key. And that's, that's when I really learned what having an edge means and how important it is. And actually, this idea needs to be implemented for any strategy, for any career, whatever you do. Mm -hmm. Uh, I actually wrote a blog post about that on my website. What's your age? Like, what's your like unfair advantage? What are you better at than most people or anybody else? So uh, yes,
0: yeah, stocks is one of the you know the interesting things because everyone you know hypothetically should have access to the same information, but it's how right. you look at the information that changes you know whether someone's yes. buying and selling. And of course, yes. when you buy, someone is selling. So I think yes. that's yeah, that's definitely uh, really interesting. What kind of you know tactic are you using mm-hmm. uh, to find your edge? Is it more like technical yeah. analysis? Or are you looking more towards? Uh, you know, the economic, like, what are
1: you, what are you really looking for? So, so when you learn from these guys, once again, they teach you how to build your playbook. And basically the playbook is a set of strategies because you cannot have one strategy because we know that any working strategy will not work anymore at some point, or maybe for a certain amount of time. So you constantly have to have a bunch of strategies that can complement each other in, in the ideal scenario. So one of the things that always worked really well for me, and one of, it's actually one of the really big strategies that a lot of short-term traders focus on, is actually mean reversion. So um, basically, you know, looking for any uh, crazy moves that need to uh, 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 correct to come back to something that is more, more normal. <laughs> so that's, that's why there is a lot of short sellers in, in the short-term trading world. Right. Uh, I remember very well the SMB Capital firm saying that um, uh, a large part of their trading flow were mostly, people were mostly making money on the short side, like most of the time. Um, And uh, so this is really one of the strategies that I really focused on uh, that worked really well. And I started to cut little things that was actually helping me to uh, just uh, get the execution uh, uh, faster, better, without having to look too much into it. Um, You know, expected moves, basically, you know. And especially one of the strategies that I've always really, really liked is gap exhaustions. So, you know, basically if you have a like, a big move to the upside, for example, and then uh, you really start to get parabolic and the next day it gaps again, Uh, that's very often a very nice shorting opportunity, uh, at least for the day. Uh, But you can have very nice moves uh, during one day, within one day with that kind of strategy, actually. And by the way, I'm not a financial advisor, This is of not financial course. advice, <laughs>
0: Of course. Like, you do whatever you
1: want, that's it. <laughs> yes, <of course. laughs> Very you important always, to say. You
0: always have to do that, especially in crypto. Yes. That's like every tweet, yes, I feel yes, like yes. I have to say that every single time. Yes, uh, because, yes. yeah. And so when you're trading, are you, I'm guessing you're trading more like short-term windows, like you know, maybe, you said you're like a day trading, so maybe like one day, or are so, you looking farther in the future?
1: So I do two things. Um, short-term trading has definitely been one of my specialties. And the other thing I do is actually uh, private equity investing. So that's kind of the opposite.
0: yeah
1: So yes, so basically, you know, um, I look for companies that have a working product. I don't invest super, super, super early but i'm 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 looking for a company that has like a working product uh that can potentially change the world or actually is already started to change the world and uh you know i buy them when they're still uh, private and uh and uh, and i forget about it <laughs> you know yeah. till till you know till the i p o or like depends if it's something that is really that has really an insane potential, you know, I would just hold it for a very, very uh, long amount of time, definitely years. And, uh, and I mean, that kind of stuff is like
0: over years anyway. So I'm you know, I can,
1: I'm ready to be incredibly patient for that kind of stuff. No problem.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're yeah investing in something that is, hasn't even gone to an IPO or anything, then yeah, yeah, you definitely have to hold on. And I think one of the things that you had invested in was uh, SpaceX, right? Absolutely, SpaceX. definitely. And then yep. you are coding for a company, Hyperloop, that, yes, that Elon Musk, I think, had like the vision for it. It was like a uh, yes, trans- it's a transportation company, essentially. Right? Yes,
1: so, so basically, you know, when people ask me what I do, is that pretty much, you know, I uh, I invest in that kind of growth companies and depending on the case, depending how close I am with the team, I sometimes contribute on other levels as well. Uh, so I'm, yes, I'm, I'm coding. Uh, so I've always been very close to the Hyperloop TT team. Uh, so I've helped on different levels and uh, lately I've been coding a lot, just delivered a new uh, software for them. Um, very happy about it actually it's going to bring great value. Um, So, yes. um, So, to answer your question about the Hyperloop thing, so Elon Musk made the idea popular of this new way of transportation, but he clearly said that he had zero time to do it. So, you know, he was like, hey, you know, people do it. Actually, the idea of that thing is actually very, very old. He didn't invent anything regal- regarding that. So what happens is one of our friend, Dirk Alborn, early on um, um, pretty much built the first uh, real Hyperloop company in 2013. Uh, So since then, we've been working, (laughs) you know, and at the beginning, I was uh, mostly involved with with music, I was making some music for the videos and that kind of stuff. And since I got more into coding, uh, that was a great opportunity for me to contribute on that level as well. And very interesting. So uh, I got involved much more on that level.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, And so with the, the hyper company is that's not using maglev technology, is it? Or so
1: it, it actually, so actually, you know what, there is, um, there is actually, I actually did the music for the video too. Uh, on YouTube, uh, you can see exactly how the system works. There's like a very good animation. Uh, it definitely works with magnets. And uh, uh, it's, I think it's actually, this video is on Dirk's, uh, Dirk Albon's, uh YouTube, uh, but you'll find it easily anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, another video I made the music for. That you might run into is uh, when we demonstrate the the fake windows because basically you're in a tube, so you cannot see outside. So the plan on having really high definition screens for the screen for uh, uh, screens for the window, mm-hmm. and basically you could select what kind of um, uh, virtual landscape you want to see.
0: <laughs> that is actually sick.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy and. It it's, it actually also adapts that if you move in your seat, the the, the window, the the screen, the, the the picture on the screen adapts to your movement, so that it really tricks you, so that uh, you know you, you think that you're really on this weird planet that you've never seen before.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that definitely sounds like something Elon Musk has envisioned at one point. <laughs>
1: well yeah so so yeah so yeah that's that so that the company is called Hyperloop TT like 2015
0: I think right so you've been so the
1: company Dirk created the company in 2013 I I think I got involved maybe in 2014 or 15 uh, something like that yeah that's
0: cool and so how long would you say like you spend on that like you know per day is it something that you just kind of come in when they have It really have a depends. Or,
1: okay. Well, you know, once again, it, it, it comes back to time allocation.
0: Right.
1: So for me, uh, this year, uh, I decided to uh, spend quite a, quite a bit of time on coding. And actually, I would say uh, January to June, I spent 70% of my time uh, building this application for the company. Um, and then I was still doing a bit of music here and there, but that was not my focus on the, for, 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 for this month. Um, so that's that. And since I'm mostly done with it, I've been, I've been going back for the past two weeks back doing research for potential new investments, which actually made, made some, a few deals. Um, and that's that. So my plan for the next few months is to... Bring back some time for more research, more learning, more uh, potential deals. Like whatever I find. If I find something, <laughs> if I don't find anything, I wouldn't. Well, I definitely won't do anything. <laughs> yeah. um, and and then we'll see. You know, uh, I'm very very interested in uh, doing research to try to build some potential new interesting thing with the coding and try to combine that with interesting ideas like crypto and music. So we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, definitely. Let me uh, screen uh, share my yeah. screen because I'm actually on your uh, on your website here because yeah. I had just played this. So this is an educational oh, yeah. video game that you had built. And yes. uh, I, I'm not going to lie. The first time I played it, I almost beat it. And then I just Good. couldn't pass again. I couldn't pass again after I did that. Um, but yeah, are, are the lights on? It supposed to like make it harder because I think it does kind of when you're when you're playing around and the lights are changing. It kind of almost disappears sure. a second, even though sure. like yeah. But that's uh, <laughs> that's really interesting. So yeah, I was just playing around with that for a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. So you say it's powered on blockchain, but is it yeah. is it on like the Ethereum like network, or is it just something where if someone donates or plays, it's just auto paid to you, like?
1: It's auto-pay, okay. definitely. It's actually a little trick, but it's an interesting trick because things, a lot of things could end up being monetized this way in the future.
0: Yeah, It's
1: just very, very early on. So the exact way it functions, um, I made this game at the end of 2017 just to practice my JavaScript. <laughs> okay, yeah. let's, let's be clear. <laughs> uh, but then I was like, I'm going to use some music. And I was like, I'm going to use my music. Of course. Yeah. And then I was like, wait a second. I just discovered this music streaming blockchain platform that actually has a music player that you can embed on any website. I was like, wait a That's second. Cool. <laughs> and, and if I put it in my game, I hide the player. I put it on autoplay. Anytime somebody loads the website, I get paid in crypto. They hear my music. They play the game for free. Everybody's happy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you
1: know? that is, so that's how it works.
0: That's yeah. That. Yeah. When I when I first learned about blockchain, the first thing I thought of, well, I had seen uh, someone that had made a blockchain that was about music, and I instantly thought, like, this is ingenious. This is like better than Spotify, because when someone listens to your song, they can buy it. This was like kind of back when people were buying songs. So I was like, this is amazing because when you buy the song it goes right to the artist and it doesn't go to, you know, like the, you know, intermediaries. Or the the
1: intermediaries, yes, yes.
0: Yeah, definitely. So like, you know, even if you bought it on your phone it wouldn't go to Google play. It would go, you know, directly to the artist which goes right to their pocket. That was also the same time I was looking at like the BitPay debit card. So like if someone paid me from China I would instantly be able to spend the money, so I was like, "Wow, this is like a game changer completely."
1: Yes, so yeah. you know, to be clear, um, this is still very experimental. Right. Uh, you know, when you talk about that, people are like, "Wait a second, where 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 does the music the 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 the, the money comes from?" First of all, mm-hmm. so let let's make that clear. Um, we can look pro- probably the best experience for uh, content monetization is probably it because they get a lot of traction right. and it's kind of it's kind of the same idea. Uh, and people, yeah, people ask where the money comes from. Well, it's I always explain to people that all these projects are like a virtual country, it's like a community of people that say pretty much no to the way a government works and how they deal with money and support a new way of functioning through their computers, through a network of, of computers, and they decide to, fun- to function a certain way. And this is how a certain crypto is being created, thanks to the miner of the network and all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's very clear, you know, it's, it's just coding and that's pretty much how Bitcoin works <laughs> anyway at the beginning. So, um, so that's that. It's important to say actually where the money comes from. Uh, And a lot of these projects have been really struggling because it's an experience. We don't know how it's going to evolve the potential. Once again, Steemit definitely has the most success, but there is like community issues and like with the Justin Sun and like, like all these people. So, yeah. uh, so the music coin right now are pretty much worth nothing. So when people are like, yeah, but how much money did you make with your, with your, uh, with your game? I was like, wait, Uh, I definitely accumulated a lot of coins and at some point it was worth a lot, but I don't need the money. So I don't care. I just wait. And for me, it's the kind of project that I either will, it will go to zero or it will just explode, get adopted and uh, you end up making, uh, you know, a few houses, (laughs) (laughs) more than a few houses, (laughs) you know? So as a trader, it's part of my portfolio mindset where you know, I do certain kind of investments and some of the stuff is very risky. The cool part is for that stuff, I didn't even invest. It's just money I collect because of my gain. So it's free money, you know? So if the free money you receive can become like multiple houses, yeah, why not? I'm, yeah. I'm okay to be patient for that. And if it goes to zero, it's completely fine to me. But I keep a look on all the music blockchain platforms to see maybe which is the one that will really take off and you know trying to be early on and try to accumulate as much as i can and then we'll see that's
0: that. yeah i mean yeah that definitely is a good point because a lot of you know projects you know try to say that like you know they're going to be the next big thing and it really is you know important to you know realize that a coin is only worth something if someone has you know value for it you know if they have demand for it yeah Um, and so yeah i mean a lot of these projects you know they I think a lot of them have the right concept in place because, you know, they, they want to cut out the intermediary. Sure. There's just not as much friction because, you know, Spotify is Spotify, right? Yep. So you're not going to get everyone immediately. Um, yep. But I think the technology is promising, uh, you know, for a lot of people and it's just fun to use, you know, when you're just yes. in this industry itself. Yes. Uh, but yeah, no, I definitely agree that, you know, it's, uh, it's not, you know, it's not something that's just going to blow up overnight and crypto is no. still extremely new.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of experiences. So it's just very interesting to keep an eye. Uh, but it's like the, the trader mindset. You have to be a sniper. So you, and you have to know a lot of stuff. You have to keep an eye on all the stuff and, be, and, and really get where there is a new edge. You know, uh, Look at uh, Imogen Hip, the artist. She was the first one to sell her album with the Ethereum. So not many people bought it but it was a successful experience. Right. And then the value of Ethereum exploded. So and they ended up having $150,000 uh, and they put that back into research. Mm-hmm. It's great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. How did you originally get into blockchain? Like how did you first discover it? Was it, I'm, I'm assuming it was Bitcoin that you first came across or?
1: Actually, yeah, it's, it's friends. Uh, it's uh, talented friends. I happen to have like a very, uh, unusually talented (laughs) friend who is a hedge fund manager, coder, video game designer, musician. I have never met somebody like that in my life. And uh, so I ended up spending quite a time uh, uh, with him and he educated me about it uh, because I was really focused on what I knew, stocks. Uh, but then, since I was starting to code at the same time, that made me understand much better the impact and the potential, and I was like, holy cow!
0: <laughs> yeah, Bitcoin, its it, like, crypto in general, I think, is just the weirdest thing, because once you learn about it, you can't stop thinking about it. Like, yeah. I, like the, the day that I like, remi- uh, thought about Bitcoin and like saw it or whatever, I have not not thought the word Bitcoin At all. Like, I've I've thought Mm -hmm. about the word every single day of my life. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, even if it's not directly around me, I'm still thinking about it. So it's like, uh, somebody had an interview, and they put it like, it's almost like a brain disease that once you you (laughs) learn about it, you literally cannot stop thinking about it, because it's, you know, it's everywhere. And you're seeing all these new avenues where it could be implemented. You know, blockchain's not good for everything. But there are some things that seem, you know, it could be, uh, you know, fairly interesting, you know, to
1: have. Yeah, for sure. Well, probably for people who don't have much experience in trading and investing. uh, I understand what you're saying. And, you know, people are probably uh, really uh, on the edge of the price action and checking it all the time, all that stuff. But no, it's just (laughs) I actually, you know, I have a friend who really wants to do short term trading on crypto. And I keep telling him, but, but is like you're crazy. It's it's the most it's the difficult, most diffi- the most <laughs> difficult so thing to do. I, I was like, if especially when you learn your your first years. Focus on something like stocks, because first of all, it's not 24-7. Mm-hmm. You know that when the market opens, this is when 60%, 70% of all the volume is being made. You know that's when you can focus that time on the day on doing something and then having the rest of the time for you. Because with Bitcoin, you, you don't know or like all this stuff 24-7. You have no idea what's going to happen. So if you don't have technology to help you to uh, alerts you when your edge is is triggered, I mean you, you can end up spending your life on that and really struggle so, yeah
0: crypto uh, is, is very bittersweet definitely, every time I buy it, it'll drop like every single <laughs> time I buy into it it drops, but it, like over the years, I'm just like, whatever, 20% whatever, <laughs> like, it's, it, you know it's gone back up, whatever Like you know, it, think- it goes
1: back to, to what we were saying of like This is the kind of stuff that is world changing. So you have to be really patient and and ideally forget about it. And actually just wait, uh, you know, when there's like big panics, that's when you should take action. Once again, I'm not a financial advisor. It's not financial advice. (laughs) Don't listen to me. I don't know what I'm talking about, okay? (laughs)
0: It's scary when people say they know what they're talking about because it's like, this stuff is still so new. How are you an expert at this? You know, yes, like, yes, it's, yes. <laughs> it, is, it is wild. Uh, what's your favorite aspect about blockchain? I know for me, it's like cross-border transactions. Yeah. I love that, that we don't have to go through banks, you know, yes. uh, well, Pace, it, it, PayPal. God, yeah. it gave me the most trouble. But,
1: yeah. yeah what I, had ish- I, had, uh, I had some issues, actually, with PayPal, De- definitely. Um, there is a few things that are really, really big for me: um, uh, anti-corruption, anti-censorship. Globally, I'm speaking, right? But not specifically on one coin or one project or whatever. But the, the global idea: um, getting rid of intermediaries. One of the biggest thing that that's for sure, because we know, for example, in the music industry, that's 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 why the artists don't get much. It's because the intermediaries are pretty much checking everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's also, for example, in music, insanely hard to track your rights. Um, I I constantly, you know, I I have songs everywhere in the world and in, uh, for some territories, it's extremely hard to make sure that your sub publisher is actually doing his job and paying you what he needs to, Pay to you. I noticed again very recently that was not the case, so I had to make a change. So it's really trust. So what I like with these systems is that uh, instead of trusting people intermediaries, you trust the code, and that's it. So I really like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there was a movie on Netflix that was about this, where a songwriter, you know, like basically, I think it was it wasn't the United States; it was a different country. And essentially, mm-hmm. he became famous in the United States, but he never even knew because the publishers had just basically taken all of his money. And yep. so he didn't think he was famous at all. And then all of a sudden, he just happened to like come over to the United States, and everyone was like, oh my God, you're like the biggest thing here. And he was like, what? Like, I didn't even know <laughs> about this. Like, I, I made no money for like 30 yeah. years. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So that is, that is pretty interesting
1: yeah it's 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 pretty crazy I have to say uh you know so I spent a lot of time in the music world in the finance world in 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 the, the tech world uh unfortunately, the music circles are probably the the circle that I enjoyed the least um uh, that's just uh, i don't it's it's maybe also because everybody think they're like a producer or a singer just like that because technology allows it because anybody can sing and there is really like a big uh, difference between one what they think they're doing and the reality mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah. and that's also the why why i i developed other passions it's because in the pop world i think the pop culture became too much close to trash culture. And when you're like really educated, it's, it's just, you, you just get bored. This is just like, it's boring as hell, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so that's why uh, I'm very happy. I, t- I found these other passions because now I can navigate these different worlds and actually only work on stuff that I enjoy. So that's great.
0: Well, what do you think was like kind of the, the negative part of like the, the culture? Do you think it was like, you know, too much partying or something? Like what, what kind of aspect of, you know, the people do you think that was sort of... No,
1: I, th- I think it's really about education. Um, and uh, uh, once again, I think uh, people in the music world think uh, they're just like a legit producer just by buying a computer and putting a software on and just doing a few things. And it's great. Uh, and you know a lot of singers think they're like they're they're really incredible at what they do uh, when it's not the case you can see it on American Idol very often (laughs) (laughs) it's easy to watch (laughs) you know so and it's a lack of education I mean we know that the education system is really 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 bad Mm -hmm. just like the healthcare system and things like that. And that's actually a very famous trader in the, in the UK, Anton Creel. Uh, I very often share this video with people because he makes it very clear that you need to seek alternative education. Mm-hmm. You cannot learn the thing that will really change your life in major big schools because by definition it goes against the system. that's that so once you know that you're good
0: (laughs) yeah I mean I think for a lot of people it's always like everyone that that seems to be you know successful in their own way like is always learning about stuff you know you're never just completely satisfied with the way that you know, you're doing something, I mean, you know, for some people, it's great, you know, if you're an Instagram model or whatever, and you know, you enjoy sure. that, that's awesome. But I think yeah. for a lot of people, you know, you have like, you're almost forced to, but if you enjoy it, then it, it's amazing because sure. you know, in crypto, you can't just, all right, I'm done. I'm not going to learn anymore because you'll end up getting burned, you know, really bad. Um, yep. But yeah, I think for a lot of people, it, it's more, uh, you know, just trying to achieve goals. Uh, and so Absolutely. a lot of people are always, you know, trying to, uh, you know, learn more about that. What was yeah. the what was the most interesting thing that you've learned about uh, blockchain since you've been in it? You know, like w- what's kind of something that's unusual that you're like, holy cow! Like I, I didn't even think that was <clears throat> you know possible or you know something like that.
1: Well, uh, on the more global way is I I'm not into really politics myself. Uh, uh, it's a bit there is too many random parameters. So I don't like to talk about politics. Right. I like uh, revolution induced because of technology, uh, because of what code can do and then re- laws have to adapt. And that's, that's what I really, really, I really enjoy this idea. And that field is just making so many new things possible that Uh, you know, the the regulation will have to catch up uh, at some point. It can take a huge amount of time. My crypto video game, uh, it's been live since 2017. It's crazy. And that allows me to collect rights instantly without going through the performances uh, rights societies. Mm -hmm. But when you are a member of a performance society uh, rights for musicians, these kind of rights are supposed to all go through them. And that's in the contract. But th- with this technology, I've been collecting some of these rights instantly without going through them. But it's a gray zone, completely gray zone. And actually I can tell you that with one of the music blockchain company I was involved, we started uh, discussing with one of the, the big pros. So that's the society of authors that collect these kind of rights. Mm-hmm. Currently, it's a gray zone. The law doesn't talk about this kind of uh, uh, cases. So that's very, very interesting. So I really like that, to be able to challenge uh, how the world is functioning Mm -hmm. and to to bring a new solution. And then regulation obviously has to adapt to make things clear. Because, uh, well, you know, it depends the the appetite for risk you have. But... uh, you can end up doing things that are in the gray zone and, and, you know, regulators can come after you as well. So that's not the good idea. I mean, you know, some people do that. I don't <laughs> definitely not. I'm not willing to take this kind of risk, but I just like to do things that like really on the edge mm-hmm. uh, of course, completely legal stay on the edge and uh, just try to push people to think a different way, inspire people, show people that new things are possible. That's what I like about that field, definitely.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, I, I, definitely, I definitely see that as well. Regulation is a huge thing, um, you know, that I think, so, you know, some aspects of regulation you definitely need. Um, but when it comes to technology, a lot of it kind of lacks, you know, uh, definitely with the way that, you know, things are structured it kind of, you know, can ruin it. I think for me, the most interesting thing about blockchain uh, is kind of how everything has really fallen into, you know, Satoshi's original vision. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, after the market crash, I mean, we're seeing now inflation is is extremely high. Yeah. It's higher than ever. Like that's one of the guarantees that you have is that the US dollar always yes. uh, going down. So I think that's one interesting thing. But then it's also... Yeah. As we're seeing this, it's also being utilized now in like Venezuela. You know, like people are really using it. Absolutely, currencies failing, uh, yep. and it kind of brings everyone, you know, almost on like the same like even playing field. Yeah. Sure. Uh, you know whether or not you have a bank account or not, you you have some access to the same you know financial services. Yep. Uh, it's still not perfect, but I think of course you know where we're seeing it you know slowly start to develop. Where I won't, yep. Whereas, like when I first got into Bitcoin, I would be very surprised if the U.S. dollar failed and like Bitcoin was yes. the next thing. But now yep. I'm more optimistic that there will be you know something that will have to change drastically. You know, right. whether it's a, a new, you know, stable coin that the US, you know, makes our digital currency. I think something, yeah. you know, could could eventually happen. And now I think, I'm yeah. more, you know, positive as the years go on about Bitcoin yeah. and yeah. other cryptos.
1: Um, Absolutely. Definitely agree.
0: <clears throat> have you, uh, you know, gotten into like DeFi or like, you know, like decentralized finance or anything like that?
1: Well, the thing is, I know how crazy experimental it is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It, it it mostly goes back to time allocation. So I'm, I certainly keep an eye on all the different things, the different experiences that are being done. Uh, I haven't tried them, uh, but it's more because I prefer spending my time on other things than trying these things currently, mm-hmm. given the risk that it, it's involving as well. So for now, I'm, I'm staying away from it. I'm convinced that that mindset and the way things are being built will be a revolution.
0: (laughs) Uh,
1: But you know, it's, it's a little bit like when I invest in like a a growth company that is still private, I want to see something that is strong, uh, already working really strong. And then I'm like, okay, it's worth my time or my money to get involved. But when it's that experimental, I don't think it's worth my money or my time to actually put to work, but I'm definitely keeping uh, an eye on it and listening to what's going on. That's for yeah.
0: sure. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I haven't actually put any of my money into DeFi yet just because yeah. I've seen how wild it can get. Crypto is really the wild west <laughs> out there. Like SushiSwap, I don't know if you've heard of that. Like That popped up of course. $160 million a day or whatever it was, and then it yeah. went down because yeah. you know, the yeah. founder took it or whatever. And that's just like... It, it's almost mind boggling that it's like, why did you put your money into it? Like why? But you know yeah. teach their own. But, but
1: I, I love, I love, I love food. Yeah, but not, I, I not do f- love sushi. Not, that
0: kind of not defined there. food. <laughs> yeah, no, I want my food physical. That's something I don't think the blockchain can fix. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think it is interesting to see if, like you know, if there was some sort of reputation system in the blockchain to kind of figure out you know who should get loans or whatever. That would I think would be yeah. insane, but yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. too smart for me. So I can, <laughs> but, but I'm I'm glad to sit on the sidelines and kind of watch everyone. Yes, here. But yes, um, yes. Do we'll you see. go to like any crypto uh, events or anything?
1: Um, no, not really. Um, even when I was really in the music industry, I've never really went to conferences and stuff like that. The reason is when I'm done working or researching things like that, then kind I want to be in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I want to be playing tennis or tennis table. You know, I, I, it's enough for me. Uh, of course, I think some conferences are probably incredibly interesting. And if you need to networking, There was some time of my life where I networked a lot and networking absolutely completely changed my life. That's for sure. But at this point, not really. However, um, I prefer to go to random events that are like not really related to what I do. And that's kind of uh, what some, some very interesting people think and do. They like to expose themselves to randomness. Because it can trigger interesting things in your mind. Um, Nolan Bushnell, the founder of Atari Computers, do that all the time. He goes to random stuff, and that's how he gets like an idea, like an unexpected idea. So I think that's very interesting, and it's very refreshing to do that too. Yeah, so I actually enjoy creativity as well. Yes, that's that.
0: Yeah. No, that is like, that is really interesting. I mean, when, when, you know, you said when you're home, like you really want to be home, you know, you don't want to constantly be thinking about work. Yes. I think, you know, that can also kind of trigger you to make, you know, not sound decisions because you're kind of just always thinking about it. And so kind of pushing it or, you know, if you're, you know, angel investing, I would imagine is kind of like this, you know, if you're looking at a bunch of projects and you haven't invested one in a while, you're probably, you know, if you were to just constantly think about it, you know, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. you would make a, you know, irrational decision just because you're kind yeah. of like, I need to be in it because I feel like everyone else is in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so that, that definitely plays. Uh,
1: yeah, it's, I call that uh, digestion time. Right. You know, when you spend a lot of time on something and then I think it's super important to completely forget about it. And that's how unconsciously things get digested. Mm-hmm. And then you can go back to it and things are much clearer. So I really like that.
0: Definitely. Uh, what, what are the kind of things do you do to kind of, you know, relieve your stress from trading? Because that is just the most like mentally straining thing ever to be looking at numbers all day, you know, be counting on, you know, drops and stuff like that. I saw right. on Instagram that you like to cook and stuff like that, which is, which is cool. I cook I quite
1: a bit. <clears throat> well, the, the, the beautiful thing about trading specifically is that you learn a lot about yourself. It's like having a mirror, and you can see what your personal issues are (laughs) and it really teaches you to be okay with whatever situation and i find that incredibly powerful i've always been very detached from things events i have a friend that tells me that i'm very stoic Um, i remember working with like some great songwriters like People who did hits for like Katy Perry and like Britney Spears. And and when I was working with this songwriter, she was she was always like, you never get excited. <laughs> so I don't know. It's I, I I don't know. I think that's a way that's the way I function. Uh, I don't really uh, get excited or, or sad or like depressed. It's not my thing. Um I've learned to be okay with whatever the situation is Uh, and I've learned, I've really understood that when most people would freak out and lose their mind, that's exactly when you need to be at the top of your game, being quiet, being ready to take well-prepared action. And that's how you do the best thing. That's how you get the best results. That's the best times to build stuff. And once you really understand that, if you are good at risk management stress uh, you know it, 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 you don't get that much stress you know
0: a lot of that it's yeah it's it's, built it's, a, of it's
1: it's not human it's wow. like it's like learning to to behave like a computer, mm-hmm. but I got pretty good at that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i mean definitely like everyone always says like you know don't take business personally you know you should never yeah. try to bring yeah. emotion into it because that's when you're most susceptible to make a bad decision that you know one that you're not yep. really aligned with is when yep. you know you bring you know emotion into it um exactly uh yeah so i just had something in my brain i just forgot it geez oh, it's um, okay we, we were
1: talking <laughs> we were talking about uh activities outside of work right. um things that really that that i do enjoy of course i i work out i love tennis table tennis and i cook a lot for example
0: so what what does uh stimulate you then because like you said if you if you're making a hit or whatever you know you might not be you know as excited as you were the first time you did it because the first time you made a hit you were probably like you were probably you know insane about it well there's no way there's no way you were calm when you had your first big hit there's no way
1: well The thing when you create it, you you don't know if it's gonna become like successful or whatever, but you know what it's doing to you. Like so through the creation process, well, first of all, I'm sure you know like creating is incredibly self-like fulfilling. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. So you can get extremely happy just because you created something, but then when you bring it to the public, to the world, you have no idea how they're going to react and the success of a song or that kind of stuff. Uh, it's really random. It's highly related to marketing and things like that. So it's hard to say. But I can tell you that when I create something and, and it makes me feel good, like the creation and what it makes me feel. Yes, it's, it's, it, can be, it can be really, really cool. Very, very happy. But I think... When you are also very educated, you get less and less excited because you're like, oh, yeah, I've already experienced that. I'm familiar with it. It's cool, but I want something that I'm not familiar with uh, anymore. So, like, oh, not yet. So, uh, I think what excites me, it's curiosity. So, it's when I discover things that makes me really
0: happy. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, that definitely makes sense. Because I feel, yeah, like, if, if I was making music, I feel like, if I had a hit I would always keep trying to get higher and higher and there's a certain point which you just can't and you have to yeah you have to be okay with the process of how you're doing it sure. you know, if you're putting in your best work you're doing it um but yeah I think that's that's really interesting because I think a lot of people whether they're singers or whether they're producers I think yeah. they, a lot of people can struggle with that sure um, and in any industry even it doesn't even have to be music but if you're always sure. you know it's okay to you know do your best but you don't necessarily have to keep you know competing with yourself because that's yeah that's yeah. some of the hardest things to do is just to constantly compete with yourself uh, especially yeah. when things blow up fast too because that's just not normal you know to blow yeah, up yeah yeah
1: yeah that's fast. that's true but i think it and it can get really un- unhealthy for some people because i've never had a, a, a number one worldwide hit but i had a few hits smaller on like a country level or something like that uh, but I think, yeah, when if you get to like really, 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 really big stuff worldwide, and you get ten hits, and suddenly people stop calling you and things like that, I think for some p- people who are not strong and really think that um, the the public success is what should dictate your uh, mind, your mind, the the health of your mind, that's I, I think can be really difficult for a lot of people. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, I definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, that is interesting. What kind of uh, music are you, you know, more into? I know you said you played piano, and I believe yeah. was it, is it French music that you were into? I
1: believe. <clears throat> well, or... I got trained in classical and jazz music, as well as Latin. So I started to teach piano when I was nineteen. I was teaching classical and jazz. Uh, at twenty, I was in. Uh, I spent some time in Cuba. I, I played with some of the most famous Cuban musicians. I was completely insane. Uh, but I like all kind of music as long as there is some soul, some truth in it. You just feel it. You know, it, you just you just feel how real, um, how honest the creator of that thing is through music. That's You're all. We're not it into mumble rap. Right? crap music you know it's like it's like junk food it's like uh it's like the junk junk food of music by definition yeah, yeah.
0: do you do you see like how, how do you see la kind of uh transforming in the music industry because i think you know, a lot of hip hop and you know, those kind of artists are now moving to LA. I feel like, I feel like everyone is, I mean, I'm not in the industry, so I'm kind of looking at it from like what I see on social media, I guess. But, uh, how do you see it transferring? Do you think it's, it's going in a good direction or do you like, see it, you know,
1: moving? So I I would say that 10 years ago, it was more the case that people would move to LA for music. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's really the case anymore. Uh, I think it's because of the state of music industry. Uh, everybody knows in the music industry how incredibly corrupted and nonsense uh, uh, the way it functions because it's really about pretty much who you know. Um, it's really about their taste. It's all about the taste of the people who select the songs for an album. Uh, it's absolutely not about the quality of a song or uh the quality of the music, definitely not. So it's very difficult for people to be motivated to be in that circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it is, it is still this way, big time. So that's why I think for people who are very logical, math-oriented, co- computer-like oriented, uh, it's not enjoyable because of all these reasons. It's very logical. It's, that's just the way it is. So, no, I see actually a lot of people are are maybe going more to Nashville, where you have more of a soulful way of doing things. By definition, the country music is really like storytelling. And, you know, that has actually some soul in it. Absolutely. Uh, While, yeah, I mean, the the state of urban music uh, is pretty much uh bad like i mean people are like yeah but it's just your taste i'm like it's not it's when you look at food a three-star michelin restaurant is a three-star michelin restaurant junk food is junk food it's all about the ingredients and how you put them together music is the same but for some reason people don't get it <laughs> they're like yeah but it's just because you don't like uh, this kind of music i'm like it's it's being objective it is poorly put together with bad ingredients just like in, in the food world <laughs> that's what it is and if you you cannot say to a uh, uh, three stars michelin chef that uh, he makes junk food that doesn't happen yeah. it's not possible <laughs> you know
0: And yeah, I mean, I I see like, from my perspective, yeah, I'm always like seeing, you know, we're seeing like YouTubers now, you know, just kind of jumping in it for, you know, a song or whatever, Or you know, if you're famous on TikTok, you can make a song because people will listen to you people, you know, it could be the worst song, you know, like the song Friday, people listen to that song, because it was so bad that like people wanted to listen to it. But it was also because like, you know, she kind of made a name for herself. So everyone kind of wanted to, you know, see, see what you're up to. Um, and, and, well. and
1: that touches actually marketing and human psychology because it's all about being corny enough to have something that will just catch people's attention. And Games that's all. are
0: in right now, <laughs> they are definitely in. <laughs> that's all it is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, yeah, so I mean, I know you're busy, I know we booked uh, till two. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? Like any projects that you're into, uh, you know, outside of the ones that, you know, we discussed? Well,
1: I think that's that's about it Uh, for me for the future. It's it's definitely uh, keeping my uh, my music, my finance and my coding, uh, uh, keeping working on that, trying to keep building interesting things. Um, I have a song coming out uh, in a CBS uh, TV series called Stand. It's actually a Stephen King uh, oh. uh, adaptation okay. with uh, Kat McNamara. Uh, she's pretty pretty famous actress. I saw that she has like 3.4 million uh, subscribers on her Instagram. I'm, I was not familiar with her but we did a, a song with her. So I have a song coming out. Uh, uh, it's, I think it's in December, the, the TV series. is. Okay. Uh, I just mixed a whole album of African trap world music. That is actually very interesting because the artist is from Africa, but also worked with top jazz players, worked with Erika Badu. Um, so big fan of Erika Badu. Talk mm-hmm. about soul. That's that's the truth to me. That's soul. That's the real stuff. So huge fan of that. Before that, completely different. I I uh, co-produced and mixed a Christian music album. <laughs> very different. <laughs> so I constantly navigate between these different things. So that's uh, that's that's very enjoyable. I don't need to take vacation. Uh, you know, it's just fun. Uh, and if people want to get in touch or if they are serious about their music project or whatever, they can contact me and we can potentially talk about how we're going to work on it and things like that. So yeah,
0: that's that. Cool. You want to plug your, uh, your Twitter? So that way people can follow oh, you. Oh, sure. The best <clears> way to, to follow
1: you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or like, uh, sure. Twitter or Instagram is fine. It's just my first name, last name. Oh, uh, so, you can just, People can just Google, they will find my website right away as well. I always prefer, uh, I know that I deal with uh, uh, more educated people when they actually go to my website and write to me through my website, because I see that they made the effort to do a minimum of research uh, because I don't like when people are just like clueless and don't do any research and uh, they are like asking tons of questions. I don't have the time to answer. I put all this information online for you to see. So go do your homework, do your research and then talk to me if you like, that's it.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, perfect. Yeah, I appreciate you so much. I've been looking up because like the camera's up here, but now that I'm looking down, I'm seeing all these records. Like this is the first time oh, yeah. that I'm seeing it. Holy yeah, cow, yeah. that looks yeah. amazing, wow. Is this your studio or is this just like yeah. an office space?
1: Yeah, that's wow. yeah. Yeah, my studio. That's where I do everything, absolutely everything.
0: Yeah. Amazing. So, so, these are, have, so these are all your records of, of the song. Yeah.
1: So these are two Grammy nominations for <clears throat> an album, uh, a song I did uh, with Heavy D for Anthony Hamilton. Okay. So that was one of my first very nice credits. Very happy about it because Anthony Hamilton is a big time soul singer. So mm-hmm. love it. This one, <clears throat> it was actually my first song placement outside of France. Uh, it were, its one of the biggest albums in Asia over the last 20 years. Uh, a boy band called uh, TVXQ. Uh, this is actually the uh, Han- Anthony Hamilton album uh, that got gold uh, uh, in the U.S. I think anthony got like something like 12 Grammy nominations total. I mean, it's, wow. it's, I mean, it's just really, really, really quality stuff. This is Leona Lewis right here. Uh, one of my first gigs, I have a small role on it. This is actually a plaque for the world for Leona Lois because it was one of the big, uh, the biggest album in the world in 2008. Uh, this girl right here is Radix Gigi. She is Quincy Jones' protege, and I co-produced, co-wrote her first single, became the biggest song ever in her home country. So very happy about that. This is Big Time Rush. They have a TV show on Nickelodeon and the album was number one on iTunes. And I co-produced that with Fraser T. Smith. Uh, he did a lot of the Craig David stuff and Adele stuff. Mm-hmm. That's some K-pop stuff as well, a, a band called Super Junior, and that's Gigi again. And it's missing some stuff, but uh, you know, that's, that's uh, about uh, some of the stuff that happened the last 10 years. Yeah,
0: wow, that, yeah, that's really awesome. I like the whole setup here. I like the speakers yeah. too. What kind of speakers are those? So,
1: I have a very, very simple setup. I can try to not be too shaky, but I have a very simple setup. So, basically, I have like a big keyboard because I'm a pianist. So, I need a a, a, a serious keyboard. I just have regular speakers, Yamaha speakers, which I don't use for mixing and mastering, of course. I mean, if you are into music, my room is not treated I use what we call calibrated headphones to do all my mixing. Oh. Uh, I have no interest in uh, 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 taking care of my room for the sound. It's just like too much work, too complicated. Right. I'm not into that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I have just two screens, which is, has always been very convenient for the coding and the trading stuff. Right. And uh, yeah, that's where I do all the coding, all the trading, research, investing, and music.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of work, but yeah, I mean that's that's really awesome that you But that's the great
1: thing for me. for me it's never been work, you know. Mm-hmm. So
0: that's, Yeah, I mean uh, if you can enjoy it then that's something that you can do forever because yeah. you can't do something that you hate forever.
1: Um, yep. Very like true. Um
0: but yeah. So hey, I appreciate it so much that you came on here. Uh, cool. It it's great talking to you. I learned a lot about, you know, Oh ah, cool. Well, that. happy so That is uh that that is definitely one for the books. So I appreciate it. Thank cool so cool,
1: Thank you for the invite and uh, I mean, keep me posted.
0: Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. Cool, cool, cool. Make sure to hit that subscribe button if you like this video, share it with your friends and I will see you next time.